Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market You're listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast, bringing you fun and soulful interviews with spiritual teachers with the aim of tuning you in and lighting you up with your host, George Lizos. Codependency was what got me started on my spiritual path. Years ago, when I was a teenager, I allowed other people's perception of me to affect me in a very deep way. I didn't love myself, I didn't see myself as worthy, and I tried to find all that sense of love, happiness, support, wisdom, worthiness in other people. And when I couldn't find it, I almost took my own life. And that was the launching point for 
growing on my spiritual path and eventually writing my book, Be the Guru, a step-by-step guide to becoming your own spiritual teacher, therefore freeing yourself from codependency of all forms and learning to find your love, happiness, success, wisdom, and fulfillment all within yourself. Later on, actually before I wrote my book, uh, while I was still learning to overcome codependency, I ended up in a very codependent relationship. I didn't, didn't love myself, so I used another person as my source of love. And when I didn't get my way and I didn't get that love back, I was broken and I felt that I, again, wasn't worth being, existing, living in the world. So I know from a very personal experience how important it is to free ourselves from codependency so that we learn to find all that we need within us. That's why this interview, this chat with Joe Westwood holds a very special place in my heart. Joe Westwood, we've known each other for years and she's also been through a codependent toxic relationship and was able to come out of it with flying colors and now she empowers women to end their codependent relationships and find all the power they need within them. In this interview, Joe and I talk about what constitutes a healthy relationship, the difference between love and codependency, discovering what you really want from love and life. Joe also talks about how to stop attracting the same toxic abusive patterns over and over again. And finally, how to release our need to control and manipulate a relationship, which is what continues a codependent relationship. What I really love about this interview is that Joe puts forward a step-by-step action plan that you can follow right now if you identify yourself as a codependent person in a codependent relationship so that you A, identify it, B, take action steps to end the relationship, and then C, move on and becoming a self-dependent person, freeing yourself from the constraints of toxicity and codependency. So enjoy listening to this episode. If you'd like to join me live for one of the live recordings of the Lit Up Lightworker podcast, these are recorded live on Instagram. So come on and follow me at George Lizos so that you can join me live for one of the future episodes. And also come let me know what you think about the episode in my free private Facebook group for lightworkers called Your Spiritual Toolkit, which is like a virtual Hogwarts where you can learn spiritual tools that you can use to move forward on your life purpose more fully. Alrighty, enjoy the interview with Joe Westwood and talk to you soon. My name is George Lizos and I'm so excited to have here with me Joe Westwood, who is a life coach and co-author of Higher Selfie known for her fun, real, no BS approach to helping you improve your life. She specializes in helping women escape from codependency, reclaim their lives with confidence and live lovingly fierce. Her online codependence recovery course is available now at joewestwood.com. Joe, it's so great to be here with you today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, George. It's such an honor. Oh my God, I'm so excited to be diving into this topic because it is 
probably my favorite hobby to talk about. And I want to start always with these interviews. I want to start with your journey, to go back with your story. What has been your journey of discovering about codependency, of living through codependency, and coming to a point where you can help other people, other women overcome it and really um, find healthy relationships and really create this healthy relationship that we're all striving for? Oh, so I'm going to keep this brief, George, because I feel like this could be the whole hour. So I, um, I identify as someone who is a recovering codependent. Um, I have been codependent my whole life. Um, it is very much how my family was set up. Um, so there's addiction in my family line, which is very common in the families of codependent people. Um, and I basically, so I'm 32 now, and I basically haven't been single since I was 13 years old. Um, like that is the long and short of the story. So I, I was always a daddy's girl. And then I kind of tripped into, uh, romantic relationships at a very early age and just hopped from one to the next um, and I would always keep attracting the same people so I would always attract um, actually abusive people I prefer to use the word abusive a lot of people use the word toxic and I do too sometimes because I know that that's what people identify with but I one of my tricks of um, helping myself to heal from codependency which we'll get into later on is trying to take the emotion out of language when I, particularly when I speak about the people I've been in relationship with. So I prefer to stay factual rather than emotional. That's no judgment on people who want to use the word toxic. I totally get it that it really describes that behavior style. But anyway, so kind of attracting in these same abusive, narcissistic, most of the time people. I think I've actually, until my most recent relationship, um, I think I'd only ha ever been out with one non-narcissistic person and I dumped him because I got bored. Um, so yeah, repeating this pattern uh, with narcissists, but it actually took for me to get married to one for me to finally wake up and realize because I had never been the kind of person really that wanted to get married. Um, but when I met this person, it was like... I just couldn't understand how we hadn't met sooner because we just seemed so perfectly matched. And for anybody that's ever, anybody out there who's codependent and has been with a narcissist and has really gone through that kind of love bombing, that seduction stage in the beginning, you'll understand that feeling. They feel like they are your other half. And that's all part of the, it's all part of the seduction and it's all part of the pattern and the dynamic that you create together. And so after eight months, I married this person um, but even before we were married, the red flag started to show. And I always say to um, friends and acquaintances and clients, you know, nobody gets married because they want to get divorced. So even though I was never like the marrying kind, I definitely wasn't the kind who was scrapbooking from when I was six with my ideal Disney bridal wear. <laughs> um, when I was married, I really meant it. And I wanted to be with this person for the rest of my life. So that's what woke me up because it made me try, I think, in a way that I never had before to understand this pattern. Um, I finally went to some um, to a marriage counsellor um, who told me in no uncertain terms what was happening, which was I was completely shell shocked. Um, and yeah, the rest is history, really.
and now you have the Lovingly Fierce Codependent Recovery Course. Could you give us some information about that and how that came about to be? Yeah, absolutely. So Lovingly Fierce, just the phrase has been, it had been the seed in my mind. It actually came to me on a coaching retreat that I went to with my former um, business coach, Heather Dominic. Um, and it was this seed of an idea that was planted for me probably around five years ago. So it's been in the ether for a long time, but I didn't, and it just would never go away. It's probably been one of the most consistent things in my life, actually. <laughs> um, and it was a concept that I started to develop um, in my coaching practice. So in my work as a life coach, what I was finding actually is that I, before I even realized I was codependent is that I was attracting codependent clients. And so I would say about 90% of the people I've probably ever worked with had some kind of codependent or people pleaser or fixer empath vibe going on. Um, because of course the universe was just desperately trying to show me in every way what was going on for me. Um, and so I was teaching them this concept of lovingly fierce and lovingly fierce is about, it's about breaking down the myth that you can't, that to be strong and to know yourself and to be confident that you have to be in some way arrogant or aggressive or unkind. And it's about showing people who have codependent and people pleaser and fixer tendencies that actually you can have boundaries and you can say no and you can negotiate and confront actually in a very kind and loving way and that you can be both. You don't have to, the beautiful thing about codependent people and empathic people is we have these huge hearts full of unconditional love. It's just that when we're in our codependent nature, we're channeling it in a very unhealthy way and lovingly fierce helps you to channel it in a much healthier way, in a way that's strong and empowering instead of disempowering and really exhausting. Oh, such, such a needed tool for empaths and light workers because we tend to be codependent in nature in a way because we want to mm. help people. We want to, to be there and care for people. And sometimes we may become a, a little bit too attached and allow other people's needs to become more important than our needs. So thank Absolutely. you so much for creating this, this beautiful course and what a beautiful name for it. Now, Joe, anyone who knows me would tell you that my favorite topic to talk about is codependency. In fact, you would see me walking down a street, seeing a couple exchanging a conversation and I'd be like, oh my God, they're so codependent. <laughs> so, so clearly you and I are very passionate about uh, the topic of codependency, but people, hearing us live right now, or just uh, hearing the replay, the podcast, may not know what codependency is and why it's so important to talk about and understand, especially codependent relationships. Could you define to us simply, what is codependency? And why should we care, especially with regards to codependent relationships? Sure, so, um, so I think, Codependent people, okay, so first I want to say that not all empathic people, not all light workers and highly sensitives are codependent, but pretty much all codependent people are empathic and highly sensitive because we're trained to be that way. So I think the easiest way to define codependency is actually to describe some of the behaviors that codependent people might uh, or that they commonly display. 
Um, so codependent people often become enmeshed or infatuated in relationships and that can be romantic relationships or it can be work relationships or it can be some sort of a situation, whether it's in your family or with your home or your work, very, very quickly in, in an almost abnormal way compared to the other non-codependent people around them. Um, codependent people work themselves to the point of exhaustion often for other people. So you might find yourself collapsing into bed at midnight after having done everything around the house for everyone in your family and the house is spick and span and actually then at the end of it feeling very resentful. You know, we all have those crazy overproductive days, but if you find yourself often just collapsing in absolute exhaustion and feeling resentful, that's a codependent trait also. And another codependent trait is, um, is kind manipulation so or manipulating with kindness i call it so that is instead of just being able to ask somebody up front for what you want because of this terrible fear that we have inside of being fundamentally unlovable and therefore being rejected um, and so instead of asking up front what you'll do is you'll try to manipulate somebody with kindness so you'll try to do something or you try to do lots of things for them in the hope that they will suggest the thing that you are trying to ask for or that they will offer the thing that you are trying to ask for and then again if and when that doesn't happen you feel resentful because actually your kind actions haven't come from a pure place of just wanting to give because you don't really you know as a codependent person your cup is not full. It is always empty and it is always drained. Your cup has a hole in the bottom. You know, we're in this world of personal development and the light worker world, we know about this phrase of, you know, fill your cup so it's overflowing and give from the overflow. Codependents have a hole in the bottom of the cup. Um, so I think they're probably some of the common traits, um, the most common traits actually that I think codependent people feel. Another one, um, which is something that I think isn't spoken about very often, but codependent people have this really weird, uh, contradictory inferiority superiority complex. So you might find yourself as a codependent person um, outwardly feeling and acting quite inferior to other people, but inwardly feeling quite superior and thinking, well, I could have done it better than them, or I can take care of them better than they can take care of themselves, or thinking, why wasn't I picked? I'm as good as they are. But outwardly being almost humble to the point of, um, uh, yeah, it just kind of isn't genuine, the, the level of humility that you have and almost putting yourself down. So yeah, I think that kind of gives you a broad yeah. overview of some of the common codependent traits. Yeah, that defines it pretty specifically. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> and I specifically like the metaphor of, I got chills just when you said that, of the hole at the bottom of the cup because it gives a perfect visual of what codependency is in the sense that mm. our, our cup is supposed to be full, meaning we're supposed to give all the love and the happiness and the fulfillment to ourselves we should give that to ourselves and yet there is a hole there is a wound there is some hurt that prevents us from loving ourselves fully and that's what we need to fix or just heal in order to be able to fill the cup and and, and keep it filled and therefore yeah. then overfill it as well so i'm sure you'll agree with me joe that the majority of the relationships we see in movies in tv series in the books we read in the media are codependent relationships in the sense that 
Uh, there are two unfulfilled people coming together, expecting the other person to fulfill them. And there's a typical plot story, story plot where girl says, I love you. The boy doesn't say I love you back. So they break up because love is not there where it's really codependency. That's what it is. So what is the difference between love and codependency? What is real love? I feel we have such a construed perception of what love is because of the codependent ways portrayed in the media and in the world, frankly. What are the differences? Okay, so three things I have to say about this. The first thing is just around this, I love that you give this example of TV and movies because almost every uh, handsome, successful male lead that you will see on TV or in movies is a narcissist. And there is a blog post in me about that. So just a heads up ladies, all your Don Drapers and all of those kind of guys, they are all narcissists. And that's why you find them so sexy. <laughs> but that's just a, that's a little tangent for you. So what is the difference between love and codependency? So there was two things, there was two ways I would define this. Um, the first is that codependency is addiction and it's exciting therefore so if you think of codependency in terms of um that it's like a substance addiction so if you're addicted to a drug you take a drug and it gives you a high and then you come down and you crash and then you take some more and you get a high and then you crash that is exactly what codependency feels like and that's what you will feel like if you are codependent when you get into a relationship with somebody or you get into um, whatever your addictive situation is, because you could be codependent with work or with family and you can use other, you can self-medicate um, just like with other addictions with TV and sugar and drugs and alcohol because you are codependent. So you'll get that up and down high, which which is the thing actually that is portrayed in movies and TV. It's this, oh, oh, I'm so sad, I'm so lonely. And then poof, like I meet the one and my whole life is fixed and this, then the lead, lady she's on a high and oh my goodness thank you my life is solved that is codependency real love in comparison to a codependent pe person feels boring so if you meet somebody and you think this person is great but that's kind of growing on me really slowly go with that <laughs> um real love feels steady Real love is more like contentment than excitement. Um, real love kind of envelops you gently like a warm blanket. It doesn't whiz you off on a roller coaster. And of course you get you can get those moments of excitement. And of course it it's you you have those sparks with somebody that you love, but the overall feeling is much more like, and I'm doing this gentle rolling hills movement with my hands for the people listening on the podcast rather than this like up and down wild spike of addiction um and there was another thing that i wanted to say about that but it's gone out of my mind it'll come back many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's okay. It's going to come. And I love what you just said because you're really giving us a new plot to what Mm. relationships should be like, which sort of rewrites what we've been having in mind for years, what has been imprinted in our consciousness for so many years Mm. about how relationships are supposed to be, which is toxic, addictive, and codependent. So, Mm. Joe, what are the values of a healthy relationship? What constitutes a healthy relationship? I want to dig a little bit deeper so we, so people have um, a greater visual, an even deeper visual and more explanations and values that they can really take and gauge whether their relationships are codependent or not. So mm. what would you say are the main cornerstones of a healthy relationship? I would say... I think it's really important to ask yourself questions about when you're in a relationship and really dig into how you feel. Do you feel respected? Do you feel heard? And really heard, not just heard for the sake of manipulation, for the sake of I'll pretend I'm listening and that'll shut her up for five minutes because we know the difference between those two, right? Um, Do you feel genuinely cared for? Are you able to be vulnerable and truthful with this person um, without feeling like they would run away or they would find you less attractive? That's a really key, um, a key point in toxic relationships, actually, is feeling like if you show any vulnerability, that you will be less desirable. So can you be vulnerable with this person? Can you, they see you on your worst day, a blubbering mess, not wanting to get out of bed, exhausted, the house is in disarray and you can't do anything about it and you can do nothing for them and they still love you as the days when you are firing on all cylinders. Um, And do you feel accepted as you are? I would say they're the keys for me for a healthy relationship. God, I love them. I just have a clear idea in my mind right now. Thank you for this check. I love that you give checklists, by the way, because this way I, I, can, I can see myself as a listener right now. And if you're listening, do this right now. Get a piece of paper and just go back to the recording and make a note of all the points that Joe listed. And if you feel you're in a codependent relationship, put them somewhere where you can see them every single day so you can remind yourself um, of situations like that and uh, get yourself out of it if you need to. Joe, I think yeah, you pay are... Pay attention if the answer is no to any of those questions, by the way. Please don't make excuses for a person. If they continually make you feel like the answers to those questions are no, like, that's a sign. <laughs> that's a signal that it's time to get out. They are, they're what we call red flags, and that's, that's the universe showing you what you're really worth and that you need to go away and find that in yourself and then find somebody that can do that with you. 
So, Joe, someone who's just been listening to us right now, and they're like, damn, I think I'm in a codependent relationship, and I've been in one for years. What are the first steps they need to take to get out? Okay, so depending on, I can't, I can't tell anybody what to do in their relationship. And I certainly know that in my marriage, after that uh, marriage counselor told me exactly what was happening, the dynamic that I was in, it took me 18 months to leave. And I left and I came back and we separated and we got back together. And so I know it isn't always instant, but I think the first most important thing for you is to decide what your boundaries are, decide what do you want. And I understand that actually sometimes it's important that you, you have to try to get that in the existing relationship to prove to yourself that you won't get it before you can leave. That's certainly what I had to do. I, I knew that in my marriage, I had to, if I was gonna leave it, I had to do everything that I could to stay in it first. And I did, and I feel really okay about that. I, there's not, I know I didn't leave any stone unturned. So that's the first thing is ask yourself those questions that we just spoke about and then decide if the answer is no to those, what do you want instead? What will your boundary be? And what does that look like on a practical level? Because this is, again, it's that thing of really busting that Disney myth of this kind of perfect love that, you know, like, poof, here we go, your life is fixed. You know, love is a very practical thing. What does this person do for you on a, on a daily basis? Um, I think, there's a lot of confusion around the phrase of con unconditional love, particularly in the kind of light worker community. I think there are two levels on which we love. We are human beings on a spiritual path. And I think we can absolutely love unconditionally on a spiritual level. My spirit can love my ex-husband's spirit because I know that he was born um, a pure, kind innocent little baby like the rest of us and he was brought up in a situation that made him somebody who was abusive i was brought up in a situation that made me codependent and we just like fit together like a hand in a glove like that so on a spiritual level i can love him unconditionally with kindness and no judgment on an on a human level my love absolutely has conditions and those conditions are kindness respect, vulnerability, open communication, all of these things that really make up true love, real love. And so if you're in this codependent relationship that you've been in for a long time and you're wondering how to get out, think about those elements. What are you not getting? What do you need instead? The next thing is make your exit plan. Make sure you're safe. Make sure you have somewhere to go and tell your friends because this is something I found really difficult is because of the, um, uh, because of how prevalent codependent relationships actually are in our society, a lot of the behaviors that we experience in codependent relationships seem really normal. And to a lot of people, um, particularly people of older generations as well, they might say to you, well, if that's really the worst that's going on, like, it just can seem like a kind of old school, very like old fashioned masculine feminine dynamic when actually it's a codependent and abusive or narcissistic dynamic. So 
that was one of the things I found quite difficult was kind of explaining to people, this is what's been going on because from the outside, we looked like a totally functioning family. Um, so tell some trusted friends and make sure you have a safe space to go to. And the, the best thing that you can do is just remove yourself as quickly as possible. Don't do the codependent thing of trying to ease out gently and save their feelings. You matter most in this process. That's what you have to know about this process. That's what you have to know about the process of exiting a codependent or abusive relationship is this is for you. It's not for them. You're not doing anybody else a favor except you and your heart and your soul. So put the focus on you and allow your friends and your family and those who can support you to put the focus on you too. Oh God, I feel that these last piece of advice, especially opening, to up, opening up to other people and letting other mm -hmm. people help us is so important, especially for light workers and empaths because, and especially for spiritual people, because we have expectations from ourselves mm -hmm. to get it right every single time. We have expectations from ourselves to be these loving, kind people where we don't allow ourselves to be assertive. We don't allow ourselves to have boundaries because in our book, these boundaries may seem as aggressive, but whereas in fact, it's just our human needs that we're ignoring because, mm -hmm. we, because of our kind nature. So mm. I feel it's such an important um, piece of advice and a challenge at the same time for people to overcome their introversion and accept that they're humans and not these untouchable spiritual beings that just get it right every single time and just be humble enough to ask for help and let other people give them that help. So thank you for that. Now let's take this a step further. Someone has come out of an abusive relationship, but because they've spent their entire lives in um, codependent relationships, they keep attracting the same relationship over and over again. They keep attracting the same abusive, toxic partners, because as we mm -hmm. all know, our thoughts and our beliefs and our emotions attract our reality. So if all we know is codependency, then mm -hmm. we may attract codependency. How do we heal our internal hurt? How, we, how do we heal the hole at the bottom of our cup so that we don't keep attracting the same people? I think one of the most important things that we can do is realize where we are codependent. So for me, men are my kryptonite. <laughs> romantic relationships is where I'm most codependent. That's where it shows up most. But codependency, it, it runs through all my life, actually. And so when I took out romantic relationships, codependency showed up in other areas of my life. And so taking out that main kind of addictive trigger for me, which was uh, romantic relationships, allowed me to start the healing process because I could see the codependent behaviors and I could, I was also attracting the same toxic people. I had a boss who, um, so I went into employment for a while after I separated from my husband, just for a bit of stability and, and for self care for myself as well. So that was something that I did is I put myself in the most easy, stable situation I could. Cause I knew I was going to have a lot of really hard work to do outside of, um, money like income generating work i was going to have to do lots of hard personal work so that might be a decision you want to make for yourself as well how do you make how do you streamline your life and make it easier because codependents are great at filling our time with loads of crap 
some good crap, some crazy crap. Um, but I, I had this boss in this job who bullied me um, and gaslit me at work. And so it showed up for me and it actually taught me a way to start putting in boundaries. And I was like, oh, hell no. Like, this is not happening again. I just left a marriage where this was happening. Like, you think, woman, that you are going to do this to me at work? No way. And it really allowed me to, I gave myself that space where I could see the codependent behavior. I could see the pattern repeat. And it was a way where I didn't feel so attached and enmeshed because it wasn't a romantic relationship. It wasn't my kryptonite. And so I was really able to start building those boundaries and I was really able to start living in that lovingly fierce way and giving that um, pushback um, and healing that codependency. And I also went to Codependence Anonymous, which is a 12 step meeting uh, for codependent people, similar to Alcoholics Anonymous, but for people who uh, struggle with a healthy relationship, with healthy relationships. Um, so just on a practical level, that was really helpful for me. Um, so I would say that's the first thing is like streamline your life, make like simplify everything, make your life as easy as possible because the emotional work will be really hard and try your best to take a break from the areas where you are most unhealthy. So if that is romantic relationships, don't make the first thing that you do be to download Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> don't go out to clubs looking to like pick somebody up try to and try to fill your time with things that try to fill that time with things that are good for you and that feel positive and healthy so whether that's more time with friends whether that's yoga whether that's spiritual practice and remembering the things actually that you lost in the codependent relationship because that's another thing that you will notice if you are in a codependent relationship is you will lose whole chunks of your life you'll go into that relationship as a gym bunny and you'll find yourself four years down the line having never been to the gym once and you'll think hang on a minute i used to be really fit and strong and now i'm not or you'll find or maybe you used to meditate every day and then you'll find yourself completely frazzled and disconnected and think god why is that oh because i've been so busy doing everything for everybody else that i haven't been in my spiritual practice yeah so it's like giving yourself that time back and simplifying our lives and allowing ourselves to giving our making our life simple so that we give ourselves the space basically to explore and heal what what's creating our sense of codependency so yeah. the final step to the healing journey so we've got out of the first codependent relationship then we've broken the pattern of attracting codependent relationships moving on how do we get to discover what we really want in a romantic relationship after we've healed our codependency when all our experiences and um, all our examples of relationships have been codependent? How do we get to really understand who am I as a person? What do I want from a relationship? And how do I go about to attract that into my life? Hmm. So it's so important that you start to build the life that you really wanted for yourself that you thought the other person was going to give to you. So you have to start to build that for yourself. When you start to build that for yourself, your sense of self will grow immeasurably. You will re you'll start to remember who you are. It's not even really discovering who you are. It's just remembering who you are. 
Um, it's kind of peeling back those layers and stripping back. It's, I have this really gross phrase. It's called the crust of history. It's like you chip away all that like crust that's been laid on you by your family line and your ancestral line and that teacher that said that you were no good and all that crap, whatever you've been carrying around for all those years. And you finally start to remember and see who you actually are. When you see who you actually are, it becomes so much easier to attract in people who truly reflect that. One thing I do want to say about this is that even as you start to heal, you will still attract um, toxic, abusive, narcissistic people because they're attracted to shiny things. So as you start to shine bright, you become stronger and even more beautiful than you've ever been. They will be so attracted to you. But the difference is that when you are healed, they do not stick. They just slide right off you. You go out for a date with this person. And I, again, I have another gross phrase for you, George. I'm, just, I'm, I'm here just to gross out your listeners. Um, you can smell it like a fart in a lift. You're just like, <laughs> oh, oh, like straight away. Before you would have been six months down the line, only just seeing the first red flag. Instead, you see it on the first date or you see it in the first job interview and it just, you just don't go any further. You're like, mm -mm, nope, not for me. And the more you have those affirming experiences, as you start to re-enter, say the world of romance and you start to experiment, it's giving yourself that contrast. So then you'll meet somebody who doesn't give you that feeling, who isn't toxic, who is a really good hearted person. And there may or may not be a spark there, but you'll start to see, oh, yeah, I like that about him. Like, that's the kind of thing, or, or her, that's the kind of thing that I would like in a partner. And it may not be, today may not be the one, but you can kind of start to build this idea um, of, of the kind of person that you would love to be with and that you would love to be loved by. Um, yeah, I think, that's, I think that says it. Yeah, Joe, thank you so much for giving us such a practical step-by-step -step guidance from the moment we realize we're in a codependent relationship to getting out of that, to breaking the pattern and then healing and attracting a fulfilling, truly loving relationship. Could you please tell people where they can get in touch with you and how they can access your new course? It's called Lovingly Fierce, the Codependence Recovery Course. Is that right? Yes. It is. Thank you, George. Yeah, so you can come and check me out on my web, uh, my website, joewestwood.com. So you can find lots of cool free resources on there, including a free lovingly fierce meditation. So feel free to hop over there and sign up for that. And you can also find details about my lovingly fierce um, online codependent recovery course, which you are welcome to uh, check out and sign up for if that appeals to you. And also come and hang out with me on Instagram. I'm on here way too much. Um, <laughs> I might be codependent with Instagram, George. Maybe we need to talk about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, me too. <laughs> you can check me out at Joe Westwood. Um, yeah, come and say hi. Drop me a little comment or a DM. I'd love to chat with you. Joe, thank you so much for joining me today. I wanted to do a codependency episode for so long and I'm so excited to have had that with you. You've given us such great clear definition of codependency, of the difference between codependency and love, and a pathway that people can take to free themselves from codependent relationships and manifest a truly loving relationship. Thank you so much for sharing this space with you, and I wish you all watching us live as well a wonderful rest of your day, evening, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. 
Thank you for listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at George Lizos to grab your free Lightworker survival guide and catch the next live episode. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.